Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of his great love is that he gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And he gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. I like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. Today is such a wonderful topic. It's one of my favorites. It's why I call my website Welcome Heart. It's a legacy of living close to God because of his welcoming heart. One morning years ago, when my kids were a lot younger, I knew I'd be teaching on this topic of God's welcome. And I told my daughter on the way to school, today is a very important day. And before I could finish, she said, I know, I know it's library day. (laughs) Well, it's all relative, isn't it? And because we belong to God, every day is a very important day. Think of our spiritual journey as library day every day because we get to commune and receive from our Heavenly Father with no late fees. I love the phrase spiritual journey because it implies we haven't arrived yet and we will not arrive spiritually until heaven so we can relax and not berate ourselves. We're talking about God's welcome heart because God is the ultimate host and he invites us into intimacy with himself. And with every welcome comes an invitation. And with God, of course, there are many invitations. But today is an invitation to know God better. Before I was married, I went with a friend to his home to visit his folks. I don't remember many of the details, except there seemed to be a chill in the air, and it was coming from my friend's mother. You see, I was dating her firstborn, and even though we were both adults, I felt that she did not approve of me for her son. Maybe you felt that way at one time in the long ago past. Because she was a godly woman, she tried hard not to let it show, but I could tell. I did not feel welcome, and it was a bit hard to take. I was used to people liking me. It took several years for us to accept each other. I feel I would have been more accepting of her if she would have accepted me first. She was the host. I was the guest. I was the intrusion. At least that's how I felt. Just so you know, over a long period of time, I grew to like his mother more than I liked him. And she in turn welcomed me. (laughs) In fact, she even came to my wedding. Maybe she was just happy it wasn't also her son's wedding. One year, I called a friend who had moved away to Paso Robles. That's a town about 40 miles north of us. And I asked if she'd like to come to tea the next time she was in town. We scheduled a day and time. A week or so later, I was working hard on clearing clutter in the closets, which is something I don't often do. When I heard the doorbell ring, I was so irritated at being interrupted. I had felt especially noble in working at decluttering. Kathy Lip would have been so proud of me. And therefore, I was all the more upset. I remember bursting out loud with something like, don't people know how busy I am? Do you ever talk to yourself when no one's listening? How am I ever going to get this job done? I went to the door, and there stood my friend that I had invited with her three little children. 
I graciously invited them in. I put the tea kettle on and we had a good visit. I don't think she ever suspected I had completely forgotten that she was coming or that I had felt so rudely interrupted. Another time I experienced some brief brain loss, a missionary friend came to the door. I greeted her enthusiastically and she responded with, you forgot I was coming, didn't you? <laughs> well, yes, I had. But of course, it was still great to see her and to have her spend the night even. These three encounters are in direct contrast to the welcome of our loving Heavenly Father. He never gives us the cold shoulder like my friend's mom did originally. There is never a chill in the air when we step into his presence. He doesn't have to put on a good appearance or fake his love for us. God doesn't grumble all the way to the door. He is not a reluctant host, irritated by the interruptions of his children. And we never catch him by surprise. He never forgets we're invited, never. He took the initiative. He sent out the invitations long ago, and he has a perfect memory. You might be wondering, how do we know that God does have a welcoming heart, and is he welcoming me? And we might wonder, how are we responding to his invitation? And do we reflect God's welcome, his welcoming heart, to those around us? Or do they think it's just for a special, closed society? Before there can be intimacy, there has to be a welcome, an introduction into the relationship. We can call it the first encounter. I was reading somewhere that to use a quality invitation... <clears throat> excuse me, something that's elegant and beautiful attracts people. It's a good marketing ploy. It makes people want to come to the event. <clears throat> excuse me. I rarely spend real money on such expensive finery, unless, of course, it's on sale. But one time I was given a gift certificate to a lovely gift store, and I caught sight of some elegant stationery, half-sheet cardstock. The border was painted teacups. I love them. They called me by name and they were free because after all, I had a gift card. I splurged knowing I could use them in some special way. I didn't have anything really in mind at the time. But that special way came a couple months later. My dear brother Hyatt was coming to speak at our church. I wanted to provide a setting in our home the night before where he could give his testimony to Christian and non-Christian friends alike. I remembered the teacup stationery, and I hand wrote on it, you're invited for dessert plus inspiration at the Donaldson's. Come and hear Hyatt Moore share his spiritual journey on such and such a date. My neighbor, <clears throat> not a church friend, but a dear friend, called to RSVP. Her first line was this, we got this beautiful invitation, Sue. Yes, I responded, fully expecting a gentle decline. Instead, she said, we'd love to come. What can I bring? This lovely couple came. And the next morning between 7 and 8 a.m. on a walk with my brother on the next street, my friend's husband accepted the Lord Jesus. Now, I realized that a piece of stationery did not do this, only the power of God. But what a beautiful outcome to a beautiful invitation. 
he experienced his first encounter with God. This is God's welcoming heart throughout Scripture. Come in, God says to us. I've been waiting. It's so great to have you here. You've met my son already, I see. Come in and make yourself at home. Ephesians 3.17 in the Living Bible says, And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him. I'll say that again. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him. Ephesians 3.17 in the Living Bible. Isn't that what intimacy is? Feeling at home with someone? Being yourself? Kicking off your shoes? Feeling warm and accepted? Maybe wearing your pajamas all day? It's simultaneous. As Christ becomes more and more at home in our hearts, so we become more at home with Him. Not in a flagrant, disrespectful attitude. There are times when the awesomeness of God makes us fall on our faces, and it should. Somehow, though, because He's so grand and beyond what we could do, He combines the Lordship and the Great Comforter aspects of His personality in perfect balance. Jesus is the great welcome of God. Without him, there's no invitation. We just celebrated his birth. And that's what this is all about. Without him, there is no invitation. Because of his blood, we have forgiveness. People don't like to think about that. They don't even like to think that they're sinners, but they know deep down, if they're honest, that they are. Because of his teaching, we know how to live. Because of his love, we know how much God loves us. Because of his spirit, we have an opportunity for transformation. Because he is our advocate, we have peace with God. Long time ago, I was in a courtroom watching an innocent man being accused and slandered. I felt so helpless. I wanted to stand up and say, hey, that's a bunch of baloney what you're hearing. Don't you believe these things about my friend. These accusations are false. I know this person. This is not true, what you're hearing. But that wasn't my place. It was the place of the defense attorney. I was just uh, in the audience. He was brilliant, praise the Lord. He came to the defendant's rescue, even though the accused himself could do nothing. I sat there and I watched this attorney become his advocate, presenting his case before the judge and the jury. And guess what? The truth won out. I sat there so moved with the fact that Jesus is my advocate and I am guilty. And so are you, in case you haven't thought about it recently. Jesus presents himself before God, the righteous judge, and says, I paid for Sue's sin. See the blood? Her debt is paid. She can be welcomed in. And God says, that's right. She can. Welcome home, Sue. Come on in. And I did. Now, intimacy with God cannot be achieved by one encounter, but it begins with an encounter. 
Hopefully each of you could describe the beginning of your spiritual journey with your first encounter with God. And even if you can't remember the first time, you remember one of the first times. <laughs> he invites us in a variety of ways. When I ask myself, what is so significant about my testimony? What I really was asking was, what's so special about me? And God's quiet answer was, there isn't anything special. I mean, my mother and dad thought I was special, but that's not what we're talking about here. What's significant, he went on to tell me, is that I drew you to myself. I sought you, God said. I made you. I saved you. I will guide you. I live in you, and I love you. It really is all about him. Another title for this podcast episode could be God the Great Initiator. Because our pursuit of God begins with his pursuit of us. No matter what our first encounter with God looked like, we all have that same response from God. Genesis tells us God created us. Why? Because he loved us. He did not need us. Psalm 139 shows God knew us from our very beginning in the womb. John 3.16 tells us how he continued the pursuit through the cross. The whole of scripture describes God's great invitation. There is nothing like it in all the world. A.W. Tozer wrote this, God works in us to create a desiring and seeking after him. See, even that comes from him. We pursue God because, and only because, He has first put an urge within us that spurs us to the pursuit. God takes from us every vestige of credit for the act of coming. That's good. You know why? Because at least with me, and I bet it is with you too, our default is to be very proud of ourselves. All the things that we do, all the things that we produce, all the people who love us, gives us credit in the good girl box. But God says, oh no, it's all me. It's not really about how great we are at pursuing God, is it? He gives us whatever, he gives us whatever urge we have to draw closer to him. I think that's humbling and freeing, don't you? Now our RSVP is our response to God's pursuit of us. Yes, he puts this pursuit in our hearts to accept his invitation to intimacy. So then why aren't we close to him at any given day? We all know what it means to make our excuses. You know that expression. You receive an invitation that you really don't want to respond to with a yes. You need to, quote unquote, make some excuses to be polite, but firm. You don't really want to go. And if we're married, we use our husbands as our reason. We just can't make it or whatever. One December, a magazine uh, agent called me on the phone to see if I wanted to re-up my gift subscription to a certain magazine. I didn't even remember ordering it in the first place. And then she went on to explain that it was for Roger Lyme. I said, oh, I said, no, thank you. I don't have his name for Christmas this year to give a present. She laughed. She knew exactly what I was talking about. I RSVP'd to her a gracious, no, thank you. God is continually inviting us to himself. And whether or not we re realize it, we make excuses by the way that we act. We don't even know we're doing it. 
We say no thanks all the time, graciously or not. And each time we do, we go further from God rather than closer to him. I refer to these making excuses as hindrances to intimacy with God. God may speak to you about some hindrance that is unique to you. You might ask God, Lord, what is keeping me from being intimate with you? We all give reasons that keep us from being intimate with God. There are many. Here are a few. Pride. I already mentioned that one. Self. Relationships. Fear. Complacency. We're going to talk about each of those the next time we meet up. But think about it right now. I'll repeat those. What of these five, maybe you could add a six, put it in the comments. I would love to hear. What is a reason that keeps you from being intimate with God? Pride, self, relationships, fear, complacency. Thank you for joining me today. Think about God's invitation. He has welcomed you to the most important relationship that you can have because it starts now, but it goes on for all eternity. Let me know what you think about this in comments. And thanks for joining me today. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.